On this episode, we discuss Tequila Manhattan's old fashions, recent vinyl hauls, and new music in general. We also talk about some movies, everything from the game to Freaky Friday. Let's get into it. We're starting off with the drinks then, I guess. Uh, I'm drinking an old fashioned, the oldest of the fashion-y drinks. And uh, what are you drinking, Max? I'm drinking a tequila Manhattan. Oh, that sounds something like a Manhattan, but with tequila in it. Explain. <laughs> you would be correct. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's tequila, um, well, Anejo tequila, and sweet vermouth, and then bitters. Is it good? It's very good. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah. All right. That's all you got to say, say how, about say that? Say how you made yours. How I made mine? straight. Did you make it so, straight? No, no. My old-fashioned, right, is... I mean, there's a few different variations of an old-fashioned. The classic version is just um, two ounces bourbon, one ounce of water, a teaspoon of sugar, uh, orange peel, and a cherry uh, with ice, of course. I cheated a little bit because I didn't feel like crushing up sugar. I just put in a teaspoon of uh, simple syrup. And yeah, other than that, it's just made by the book. And it's very good. I love old fashions um, and they're very good. And I love the origin. Of, do you know how they, why they have their name, Max? You probably do, but I don't know if you do. So the old fashioned or variations of it was originally just known as the cocktail. It started in the early 1800s um, when before many of the cocktail mixing techniques were invented. This was just if you asked for a cocktail, you got an old fashioned and by the 1860s, uh, people started asking for the old-fashioned way to make a cocktail, which referred to this. And now just the, the term old-fashioned cocktail refers to the first cocktail, which is just an old-fashioned, hence the name. And I don't know. I kind of like that. It's, it's neat knowing that this is like the, the most yeah. old school there is. Yeah. Um, Mine, I mean, I make it like very slightly differently. Um. The only difference, like the the original like recipe, I guess, or what everyone makes it, um, is two ounces of tequila, one ounce sweet vermouth, and I don't really know what the like like general like bitter dashes are, but um, with mine, I'd go off of my dad's, so he gave me he a recipe that he uses, um, and it's one point five ounces of tequila one ounce sweet vermouth, and two dashes of bitters. Nice. So I've I think, just always used that. I think I forgot to mention bitters when I said the old-fashioned. Did, did I forget to say bitters when I listed the ingredients? Well, if I did, there's bitters in it too. I put three dashes in. You're supposed to put two in, but I like three. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So you got your recipe from your dad. Yep. Um, is it a good recipe? Very good stuff. I like it. Yeah. I don't know why he does 1.5 instead of two ounces, but... It wants it a little less strong. I mean, yeah. I, that's like really the only reason, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh, I like it. And I like the old fashioned. I think it's better with the sugar. I think I messed up a little bit being lazy just putting the simple syrup in. Makes it a mm. little too sweet, especially with the cherry and orange in it. Um, and, uh, you know, the 50s version of this, they would just dump a whole orange slice in it and mash it up. The thing just tastes like orange juice. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not bad. It's just like it's you you taste it and you're like, this is an old fashioned. It's like, yeah, it's the way it was popular in the 50s. It's like, this is not the same drink. What the heck? 
um, yeah, or at least that's what I've read about it is that that was the way it was made in the fifties. Um, and then people realized that that's not really the same thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. We went record shopping recently. Uh, we went to, uh, how many stores did we go to that day? Three or four? Which day? Yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> yesterday is that day. <laughs> Acting like it's like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yesterday we went to three record stores. I mean, one of them, two of them were record stores. One of them was Barnes and Noble. But they saw records and they were store. Yes, but it's not called a record store. <sighs> you got me there. Okay. Um, and what'd you, what'd you end up getting, Max? I, what did I get? I got- um, She doesn't remember. Joni Mitchell Blue. Um, that's 1976, I believe. Yeah. Um, is it 1976? 1971. Um, great album. I'm sure many people are very familiar with it. Um, especially the song River. Um, sad. Yes. Sad. It's very sad. But the piano on it is... It's... I, I can't explain it, but it's very, very nice to listen to. Um, and then the next album I got was uh, Vance Joy, Dream Your Life Away. And that was from Barnes & Noble. And there's so many great songs on that album. Like, uh, what is that called? Your Mess Is Mine, um, Ripped, uh, Riptide. What else is on there? Georgia. Georgia's a great one. Um, All I Ever Wanted. Fire in the Flood. The, the whole album is really, it's really great. Um, that one's been on my want list, so I finally picked it up. The thing with that one is we went to Record Wonderland after, and we were flipping through the new arrivals, and James found the same album for 20 bucks, which is what I paid for it at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> and I felt really guilty, because I was like, ah, there's so many people talking about right now, like, um, just... Oh, spend your money at local record stores because it's better to give your money to them and support them than like the big box stores. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'd already bought it and I'm not going to like, we were, Barnes and Noble was like far out, so I'm not going to go and return it again. Second of all, I spend most of my record money at Record Wonderland. Like that is my go-to record store. So I was like, it's fine. Um, what else did you get, James? Uh, so I got first a single of uh, Johnny B. Good by Chuck Berry. Uh, absolute classic. The guitar on that is, uh, I mean, the song describes it itself. Uh, it says, plays the guitar like it's ringing a bell, and it does sound like a bell ring. At least I think that's a good description of it, with the way the guitar sounds. Um, and then I also picked up at Barnes & Noble's a reissue of Elvis Presley's first album, uh, you know, just titled Elvis Presley. Um, generally agreed upon to be like one of the most important albums ever released. Um, and it's got a lot of amazing songs on it, like um, Trying to Get to You, one of my absolute favorites of all time. Uh, you know, Blue Moon, um, lots of different ones. Um, I Got a Woman, it's a classic. Blue Suede Shoes, of course. I'm sure everyone knows that song. And... Uh, yeah, a lot of songs like I Love You Because. all It's just great. Great album. Um, great debut album. And 
you know, and I love Elvis Presley. So I had to get it when I saw it because I have a ton of Elvis records, probably like 40, 50% of my collection is Elvis. And I didn't have his debut album because obviously if I found an original copy of that in good condition, it'd probably be pretty expensive. So Yeah, I think so. Is that it? That's all you had to say about that? Just, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big Elvis fan. Wow. Sacrilege. I've won, Sacrilege. I've won, um, one album of his. And it's, what is the one? It's the Blue she, and Yellow album. You have the soundtrack to um, one of his musicals. Um, oh, G.I. Blues. Yeah. Which is, if you don't, it's one of those albums where like, if you're not already an Elvis fan, you're not going to like his his musical music. Because it's, it's the music that wasn't, that was written for a movie that wasn't, you know, up to, he actually hated most of his, his musical sounds. Um, very rarely did he actually like any of those albums. Uh, he was just pretty open about that where he was just like, I don't like these albums. I only like the the studio ones. Every once in a while, he'd take a, a studio a song from those and bring it over to a studio album. But um, yeah, so you're not alone. He himself did not like that album very much. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I've actually listened to that since the first time I bought it. Wow. All right. We got to get you listening to a proper Elvis album then. And then you'll be like, I wanna get, oh, um, so good. What is that one with um, Burn in Love? I don't know what album that's on. Uh, like a that lot. Because there's a lot of reissues and compilations. Um, oh, well, I like that song. Yeah. That's and a, um, Sun, what is it? Return, Return to, to Sender. Sender. Yeah. Do you know uh, I Got Stung? You'd probably like that one. That one's good <laughs> um yeah there's a lot of good ones i could just keep going on about that so i'm just gonna not list like 50 different songs right now but all right what other music are you listening to that's maybe not on vinyl that's not on vinyl um well i was trying to think of what i was listening to that released recently and honestly i could not think of any songs that were like recent releases the most recent stuff i was listening to was like from last year and i was like oof I got to start listening to some newer stuff from my the artist I'm listening to. But in terms of just newer stuff, um, I've been listening to a lot recently. Uh, Rammstein's latest album that released last year. Uh, it's untitled. It just has a picture of a match on the cover. And that's it. Uh, that's very good. If you guys, if you, if you like metal, which Maggie doesn't. You will. I hate metal. Yeah. If you like metal. Um, With a passion. And, yeah, well, it's 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 like uh, it's good metal, basically. They're 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 considered one of the best bands right now. If well, actually, if you if you listen to metal, you already know who Rammstein is. You don't need me to tell you. So listen to that album if you uh, like metal. Um, but I'm listening to their latest album a lot, as well as uh, their album before that, Liebest for Alida, or Love Is for Everyone, as that album is called in English. Um, and also, I recently found uh, Billy Talent not on vinyl, um, and I've just been listening to two songs mainly, Red Flag and Fallen Leaves, which is from their first album, which I guess isn't very recent because that's like 2006. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been listening to lately. How about you, Mags? Oh, and then of course, other stuff like Bank. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just going to keep rambling. Mags is stopping me. Mags, you go. All right, so I've been listening to... I mean, the past week I found out about Dispatch and they're, I guess, a decent sized band. They're, um, 
they've got they got a million monthly listeners on Spotify. Um, but their their most popular song, only the wild ones. Um, I found out about that. I don't know how I found it though. I think it was just like shuffling through, um, on Spotify, and I listened to it. It's very good. It's got like road trip, like campfire, uh, vibes, which I love. Um, I try to think who that reminds me of. There's like one band that kind of has that vibe to like all their songs. Um, but, SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, I found out about that one. SpongeBob singing the campfire song song. Is that what it reminds you of? No. <laughs> um, I've also been listening to Charlotte Lawrence. Her new song. I actually found out about her her new song that came out like last Friday, and it just got recommended to me. Um, it's called Talk You Down. Who, um, that one's re- really good. How did it get recommended to you? I don't know. I. You don't it, remember? Like, just on Spotify. It was just like. Isn't that isn't that the one that you found on Florence's page? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about her, so why would I find it? What? I didn't know her before I found the song. No, the actress. Oh. <laughs> you said Lawrence, and I was like, no, That's... Florence, Florence. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Florence, how do you say her last name? I don't know. P-U-G-H. That's why I didn't say it. Pew? Pew? Puge? Puggle? I don't know. Puggle? It's P-U-G-H. I think it's Pew. Pew? P-U? Anyways, she's like, she plays, uh, not plays, but she's, uh, she was in Midsummer and Little Women. Those are the only two movies I know her in. Um, but she posted on her Insta story, um, she was cooking and she just had it in the background and she's like listening to your new song and like tagged her and i was like "Ooh, this is this is a banger i gotta go look i gotta go listen to this so i brought that up and it's really good i highly recommend um her new song i've also been listening to um the brook and the bluff um their Great song band, yeah i really like their name I don't, it, there's something about it um their their most popular song is the one that I've been listening to, which is Halfway Up. Um, I I think it reminded me... Did I say it reminded me of the band Camino? You I did. You did. Yeah. They got the band I Camino agree. vibes. So they're a little more like um, broken down, like their, their music. I think the band Camino is more like rock and roll, and this is like a little bit less intense. Um, but... Those are the, those are the the people I've been listening to. I think it's kind of goofy. Like I would never in a million. I love the band Camino, obviously, but I never in a million years. Not would, rock and roll, just rock. It's like indie rock. What no, do you mean? I know. Just the way you were like less intense, and like just because of what I listened to, my frame of reference for intense is like metal. I said it's more. No, yeah, but no, I said, yeah. I, get I said it's more intense than this specific yeah, yeah. band. Like what not you, in general. Yeah, what you said makes sense. I'm just saying, like, it was so goofy because, like, when I was thinking, I was like, I would never use those words to describe it. But what you said makes perfect sense. It's just I'm saying from my own ref- frame of reference. I'm like, hmm. yeah. But no, yeah, what you said makes sense. I was just saying it's. I'm goofy. <laughs> um. All right. <clears throat> We should probably talk about movies now. Movies? What are those things? Are those 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 pictures that that look like that they're move? moving? Whoa! <laughs> the 
the the talkies do they talk too sometimes they make you sad oh. sometimes they make you laugh sometimes yes they do <laughs> you know i think i saw one of those ones in like this dark room do they still do that where like there's a bunch of seats in this like this big dark room and this big screen no now they stream them oh that's much worse i don't like that <laughs> why'd they get rid of that uh, I don't know. I don't, it makes me sad. It makes me sad too. Apparently, it made Christopher Nolan pretty pissed. <laughs> um, yeah, wait. We just found out today. Mm -hmm. There's about Warner, Warner Brothers. Yeah, he's he's apparently. Um, it's been reported. As far as I know, it's not confirmed yet that he's basically fed up with Warner Brothers and their decision to release their slate of 2021 films uh, completely on HBO Max. And he's saying he doesn't want to work with them anymore because he thinks that's uh, not good. To was use. There, there was a quote, I think, but he. He, he, think he just said happy. it's the worst streaming service. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't agree with him on the streaming service thing. Like that's kind of just out of his own opinion. But I think the whole like yeah, releasing all the movies on on online is. I can see why he would leave them. Like I don't. If I remember right, um, the one exception to that. I think DC announced that uh, the new Batman movie would be the first film that they plan to put back into theaters, um, which I think as as like not fun as this whole release strategy is. Um, I think that'd be a safe bet just from a business standpoint for one to get people back into theaters. Then again, they thought that about Tenet too, and it didn't make as much as they were hoping. So who knows? Now there's a vaccine. Um. No, I was just looking it up. It says like the title of one of this one of these articles is um like sending the seventeen movies directly to HBO Max and not into theaters is is an insult. Mm -hmm. Is basically what he said. Which it, it really is though. Like movies are meant to be seen in theaters. Oh yeah, I would be did you ever see that video of David Lynch just like going like just getting so angry about the idea of people watching movies on their phones? <laughs> it's, no. it's so goofy. Like you, first of all, anyone who's listening, just look up just random videos of David Lynch angry. The man's great, especially when he's angry. Um, but he's like talking about, he was basically saying like, you're telling me you watched that on like a little five inch screen? He's like, you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> and, I mean, it's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, like half the experience is like you mm -hmm. physically being in the theater. The other half is the actual movie. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's it's definitely not a uh, just a Nolan thing. It's definitely a, a common director's feeling yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, so we've been watching movies a lot lately, but it we haven't been watching movies that we haven't like seen. We've been like going back to like two thousands like throwback nostalgia vibes, mm -hmm. and so every night we've watched a movie. Um, and I think two weeks ago, we watched Big Fat Liar. We did. Which, uh, that is one of the epitomes of my childhood. <laughs> like. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> my, my brain kind of melded Big Fat Liar and Liar Liar into one movie somehow in my head. I forgot they were two different movies until literally the night we were watching them. <laughs> Those are... I, completely different characters. I know, I know, but for some reason, somehow my memory like plopped the villain from Liar Liar or plopped the villain from Big Fat Liar 
into the plot of Liar Liar. I'm just saying the word liar so much, I'm losing track of my sentences. Point is, the villain from the movie that's about the Hollywood people got plopped into the movie about the lawyer. That's what I'm trying to say. I could never see it that way, ever. I don't remember any of the details. I just remember like my brain, that's how they melded together somehow. And then when you, when I actually right. looked it up right before we watched it, I was like, wait a minute, these are two different films. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, so yeah. Mags is waiting for me to carry on more about this conversation. I was trying to look up um, the actor's name. Paul Giamatti? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say his name? Who played Marty so. Wolf? Yeah, he's great in that movie. Like, it, just him him in blue with orange hairs. <laughs> like One a, of the funniest like things. Like a smurf? Yeah. Yeah. That whole montage scene with Hungry Like a Wolf is mm-hmm. is great. Um, that is ingrained in my memory forever. As it should be. It definitely should be. Uh, uh, what else did we watch? We watched Baby Driver. One of the best opening sequences I've ever seen. That music. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. And um, I love, I also, I, I didn't notice it until the last time we watched it, Mags. I, th- I think I pointed it out too when we watched it. That some of the graffiti has the lyrics to the music timed up to it on the so on the walls Graffiti. so when he's like walking past the like walking past all the the buildings on the city and stuff or in the city some of the walls have graffiti on them or they'll have signs and stuff like that and a lot of them will have the lyrics to the song like whatever the lyric oh. that's being said is on the wall that's cool yeah so i thought that was a clever little detail that i hadn't noticed before yeah even like the the way he walks during those sequences and like that are you talking about the one take from the coffee shop mm-hmm. to the building yep yeah so even the way he like was dancing around and like swinging around the pole and then just walking back to the building like that was definitely choreographed he wasn't just like walking normally of course without yeah. no direction like it was mm-hmm. completely timed up with the music which is really cool it's perfectly done I can't imagine that must have taken a lot of takes to because like w- with it being a one take, you could get everything perfect and then you mess up in the last second. You're like, we can't use it now. All that was for yeah. nothing because it's a one take. And you can't really he has to go uh, like straight up to the building because I remember he mm-hmm. goes from the coffee shop to the building and he goes into the revolving doors and then they pan up mm-hmm. to like a, a, title like a screen, ground right? shot going up to the building and it's mm-hmm. like a, a street. Yeah. Like on the building side. So like you can't even mess it, that that was definitely a one take at the end there too. So you can't even you'd have to get that whole thing right. Exactly. It seems like they, that they be... definitely did a ton mm-hmm. of takes. Oh, um, there was uh, I don't remember if you told me about this or if it was something I found out just reading other stuff on my own. Um, do you know why that whole how the the origin of the whole Mike Myers mask joke happened? No, so you didn't tell me that it was. I must have read it on my own. Okay, so well, I know that. Wait, huh. okay, actually, no, just go, just go. Okay, so it was originally scripted to be um, ah, Mask of Who, maybe William Shatner. It was not supposed to be Mike Myers, is the point. Okay, in the script, um, but they couldn't get the rights to use that. Um, so, uh, what happened instead was. He, uh, the director reached out to Mike Myers and said, hey, 
I thought of a joke since we couldn't get to replace this. Could we do this instead? So he gave him the rights to use his likeness for to make the joke about the mask of them having the wrong Mike Myers. So it actually wasn't originally in the script, um, but it was the result of them not being able to get what was originally scripted. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it made for a great scene. So, Yeah. I really like that. I think actually if they didn't use that joke and they literally just went with the like Michael Myers mask mm-hmm. from like Halloween, yeah. like, I think that would have been like, it might have just like killed the whole the whole vibe or like the whole just like goofiness. Because uh-huh. there's always like, even though the movie's serious, there's like kind of like a, a comedy like underlying uh, vibe to it in all the scenes. So I think if they mm-hmm. had just the Michael Myers mask, it would have just not worked. Yeah. Like even when it treats of serious subjects, it does it in a sort of not almost like borderline campy, uh, very... Yeah. Uh, What's the word? Lighthearted way. Even it even yeah. takes serious subjects in a lighthearted manner. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I just I love the line where he's like, "Oh, you mean Jason?" They're like, "No, no." <laughs> the killer. What does he say? The, the killer. The killer dude, dude from dude. Halloween. Oh, you mean Jason? <laughs> no. <laughs> All three of them yeah. in like unison saying no is like just it's makes perfect. Funnier. And like they they, uh, they they cut to a close up of Jamie Foxx when he's saying it too, and like his expression. Yeah, it's like no. <laughs> It's great. It's great. Yeah, that movie's great. great. So much good Um, stuff in that movie. We also watched watched Freaky Friday. We did throwback. Yes. Um, a lot of people hate on that movie because it's just like one of is made by Disney, right? Or no? I think it was Disney. Let me look it up real quick. Freaky Friday. Is it a Disney movie? Pretty sure. I don't think it is. Well, they advertised it? it all the time on Disney, didn't they? Yeah, maybe it is. Um, I think it is because it's on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's Anyways, gotta be. Um, it actually has great reviews, and I think the story is amazing. I think the actors are amazing, so I I don't really see why people hate on it. But we did watch that one last week, two weeks ago. I think that was last um, week. Yeah, last week. I remember you wanted to try to see if they had the the closing song from their concert, if there was an actual version of that, which I wanted wanted to listen to too. And I think you said they don't have it, right? Well, the the girl that recorded the song, it's on YouTube, but yeah, it's not on Spotify. They didn't like professionally have like a mm-hmm. like a a good like um, the no official copies on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, that movie's. I, the whole dynamic between um, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Lindsay Lohan is, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty, pretty good. That's because it was pretty good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and we also watched, or do you want to talk about Freaky Friday more? Or but This doesn't seem like you have anything to say about it. <laughs> well, I was just, oh, the only thing I was going to say was that that was the first time I'd seen it. I'd always seen the trailers for oh, it. Oh, right, right. I forgot you. I yeah. forgot that was the first time. Yeah, I'd, I'd only seen the trailers at that point, like in everything, like on VHSs or on Disney Channel. And I just remember as a kid being like, that seems like a fun movie. And I just never watched it. I just never saw it. Um, and now I have, thanks to Max. <laughs> and uh, Which I was so shocked mm-hmm. just because I've seen that movie so many times, mm-hmm. especially when I was younger. So I was... Very surprised to hear that James had not seen it. Yeah, I just seen the trailer so many times when I was younger. <laughs> um, 
And, uh, but yeah, we also watched uh, Ford v. Ferrari. I don't know what's this trend with movies spelling versus the way court cases spell it now. We have Batman v. <laughs> Superman, Ford yeah. v. Ferrari, like they're suing each other. Um, <laughs> it does kind of seem like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I really, really loved Ford versus Ferrari. The acting was amazing. Um, I also just like, I like cars. So I also, from that angle, just appealed to me from that. Um, and uh, the whole thing with Ken Miles and Carol Shelby, that whole story. And um, yeah, I just, I loved it. The whole, everything about it, I thought was great. Um, I, one of the details that I noticed um, that I'm so happy got into the sound design was that um, European motors, such as Ferraris and American motors, such as Fords, uh, have different exhaust sounds uh, because of the way the pistons are arranged. And when the Ferrari was next to the Ford in the race, you could hear it. You could tell that they had different exhaust notes um, and they were distinct enough to match what they should have been. And I was so happy about that, that that tiny little detail that I'm like, some sound, de sound design guy cared enough to go find out what these engines sounded like and made sure he made them sound the right way. Um, uh, yeah, I love that movie. I think that was the second time I've seen it, maybe the third time. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved the cinematography, especially Beautiful. when it's actually the one you that you sent me a clip of it on Instagram. I think the other day, mm -hmm. um, the perfect where they're, Yeah, they're the the sun is setting and he's like out on the um. Are they on a a track? I thought they were on like a freeway. Uh, no, it wasn't like a, where the airplanes are. I thought that was their Ford test track because that's where they're. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Anyways, they're they're out. Him and his son are out um, on out on the track, and they're sitting there, and he's telling them about the perfect lap, and like the sunset in the background, and the way they lit them. I don't know. It was just very, very nice to look at. Um, the other thing I was gonna say was, I really liked how they did the. Whenever Ken was driving, um, in one of the races, they would like they'd have a close-up shot and every all the sound effects, all the driving from all the other cars would like get drowned out and it would just be him and like whatever he was thinking. And I thought those scenes were, it it kind of showed like, um, it like removed the intensity of the race and it like focused on like what Ken was feeling and like how he, he talks about like, uh, listening to the car like because it's just like it's a living and breathing thing so i don't know just like when they like drowned out all the other sound effects it just made it a lot more uh i guess emotional mm -hmm. and it felt it helped you to feel the focus that he felt and like not yeah not distracted by everything else um yeah exactly uh yeah i thought that was very very well done and uh i also liked um well i guess i don't know i guess my only complaint that i would have with the movie which isn't even a complaint is I thought the foreshadowing for his death was a little heavy-handed. Maybe, mm -hmm. I mean, it was well done, heavy-handed, but well done. Um, or that could have just been me because I already knew that he died, like in real life, in a car crash. <laughs> so maybe I just, since I was looking for it, that I knew that they were setting it up. Um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I didn't know they were setting it up. Yeah, I, so. I was, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, so then I, I guess that, was, that might just be a me thing since I knew ahead of time that he died in a car crash. Um, so... Yeah, that'd be my only complaint, and I still love the movie, so. Yeah, it felt very abrupt um, when they showed it in the movie. 
and I, these aren't spoilers because we i mean it's history yeah it is history um but in the movie it, it that's the last one of the last scenes mm-hmm. so i think it's the um second to last scene and it seems like a normal day like it's it kind of felt like they were like returned to i guess if i'm thinking of like screenwriting terms right now but like returned to the normal world like they returned to their original like setting Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like his son is out there like watching him race and they're testing a new car then all of a sudden he just like explodes Mm -hmm. and dies and i'm just like what's just happened yeah i think that (laughs) just felt so abrupt Mm -hmm. i think that was like I, i liked that choice though because like that's definitely what they felt like at the time when it happened, you know? They're like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I like I liked that choice that they went with that where they were like, yeah, everything's back to normal and then they were like, oh, by the way, he just blew up. Um Yeah, no, yeah it's not that I disliked. I actually I do like when movies do that. Mm-hmm. Cuz I don't like when they they sugarcoat things or That's mm-hmm. it's real life. Like it's abrupt. Yeah. Um we also watched we wa- well last night we watched Arrival. We did. I was too tired, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. I, I'd seen it before, so it's not like I couldn't appreciate it. That is my favorite movie <laughs> of In, all time. Indeed, it is her favorite movie of all time. It's a very pretty movie, very well directed, very well acted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I there's so many things running through my head right now that I love about the movies. I can't really latch onto one, but, uh-huh. um, favorite shot, favorite shot, mm-hmm. the whole film. That my favorite shot is either. Oh, it's either, um, right in the beginning when, um, uh, they're flying. Um, what's her name? <laughs> Sorry. I'm like blanking right now. Come on, it's your favorite film of all I time. I keep saying Lo- Lois, but it's Louise, Lo- right? Lois? See, I mean, she I'm did thinking, play, she did play know, Lois. See, that's, that's literally why I'm having trouble. It's not that I forgot uh, it. It's because I keep thinking of her. And oh, and Superman? <laughs> Batman versus Superman. Um, or not Batman, uh, Man of Steel. Well, both. She's in both of them. <laughs> is she? Yeah. You've never seen Batman versus Superman? Oh, she is. She is. Yes, yeah. I've seen it once. I don't, I'm not really yeah. crazy about that movie. Did you see, well, most people aren't. Did you see the extended version or the theater version? It doesn't matter that much. I'm just curious. I don't, not the extended version. Okay. Um. Anyways, it's the, the scene where Louise is, uh, they're flying her out to the site where one of the pods or alien spaceships have landed and um, it's just a point of view of the helicopter. And it has these rolling clouds coming from the right down into like the green. Um, and then with the spaceship centered, which it, I don't know, it just looks very nice. Yeah. The other shot would probably be. There's a shot where she she has a headset on while she's in a meeting or doing one of their sessions. Um, and it. The, the whole four, I guess you'd call forefront of like the the shot is just the white uh, what do you say, at- atmosphere of the, the other side of the spaceship uh, where the aliens are. And then it's her on the outside. And one of the, what do you call those things? That they write on the, their language on the barrier. Oh, uh, I don't even know what check. you call that. Let me check. Let's see. I can't believe I can't remember that. Did they ever state what it was? I don't think they ever name it. Some things call it glyph. Call them glyphs is what some of the stuff say. 
Well, anyways, they, so yeah. so they write. Um, it, there's one of their words is on the barrier, as that black like smoke circle, and she's centered in that circle, and she turns her head to the left, and she has a headset headset on. She's almost silhouette like has a silhouette to the white background. I don't know. It just looks very nice, mm-hmm. and those are probably my two favorite shots. So now that we went from favorite shot, next step up, what's your favorite scene, and why? I feel like I'm taking a test. <laughs> um, I am testing you. Is this really your favorite scene, film? <laughs> my favorite scene is the end scene. Yeah. Um, the whole, that's a long sequence, but. Uh, oh, that was my next step up. You already answered it. <laughs> it's, um, she, they're, they're all leaving the site because, what is it? Uh, they're just like, they're giving up on, on everything because China backed down and. None of the countries are talking to each other, communicating, um, and it, they're leaving. And uh, Luis goes out, and she's trying to get them to stay and to try and figure it out. Um, and then she has like a flash forward, I guess. To what does she flash forward to? Um, the the meeting that she has with General Shang um, in the future. Where he's like thanking her and tells her that he called, she called him on his private number, and told him his wife's uh, dying words, which made him change his mind. Anyways, that whole sequence where she realizes that there's like this from the score, there's this huge like, I don't know what the instrument is, but it could be a um, what is it? Trombone? Not trombone. Tuba. Okay. But it's just like this huge <laughs> and when she realizes what's going on, and that whole just that whole thing is, it gave me it gives me chills every time. So that's got to be my favorite scene. Yeah, that's that's a very good scene to have as your favorite scene. Yo, you know what? I'd also like to add. Okay, add go away. In that sequence, there's a part where she has um, a flash forward to her and her daughter sitting in her house. Her daughter's playing with this like clay that she's made and she's like the show is called um mommy and daddy talk to animals mm-hmm. and then they ha- they cut to the shot of them pulling out um of the frame on the wall where it's fr- uh the same picture is framed oh and i like you like what i like that <laughs> what <laughs> you just said the same picture is framed yeah so yeah. so i like it, it. <laughs> She's like realizing, like, oh, this is, this is my daughter. Mm-hmm. This is like that's her husband. Like, this is the future. Just that whole like realization, um, is it's very very chilling. Chilling. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, mm-hmm. So our, okay, let's talk about our last movie, which is the game. The game. Now we watched that. I'd say probably a month ago. Has it been that long already? Maybe three weeks, maybe a month. Um, I had seen it with my dad for the first time two months ago. And I had put it on and he was like, he was about to go in the basement and do like, watch a movie or watch his own TV show or something. And I put it on and he was like, oh, okay, if you're going to put it on, I have to sit down. I have to watch it. <laughs> so he, and he told me afterwards, like, ah, oh, this is like one of my favorite movies and the whole there's so many twists in it 
That's an understatement. Like you think you start to think you know what's going on, and then it flips it flips the whole story on its head again, and it just keeps doing that throughout the whole movie, which is what I love about it. But this was the first time James uh, had seen it, so what did you think? Well, like I said, saying that this movie has so many twists is a massive understatement. Um, every single twist, like they even twist the twists so that the twists aren't twists. Um, <laughs> and then you don't realize they aren't twists until it's been revealed that they aren't twists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's everything. It's like it's like if this movie's storyline was like a rag and you just kept like twisting it and then you twisted it the other way and then you kind of like shook it out so it's not twisted anymore and then then you realize that like the two ends were sewn together the whole time and then you tore it apart (laughs) (laughs) then you realize they were never actually sewn together exactly that's that describes this movie it's very complicated um i love the ending though the ending is so good so freaking good um and good good dialogue good scenes just very fun uh good casting uh yeah, very good. Um, I was just looking it up. Jodie Foster was originally signed to play Michael Douglas's sibling in the film. Oh, why'd that fall through, does it say? Um, it says she changed her mind and wanted to appear as Douglas's daughter instead. Um, but David Fincher was very opposed to that. Oh, all right. David Fincher was like, no, 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 not in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't... His daughter... He didn't have he didn't have a a kid right nope. in the movie. I don't even think that would have worked. That would have totally That's probably why David Fincher was up. like, nope. Yeah, it's not happening. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wait. I was like, wait a second. Stupid <laughs> actors. <laughs> uh, me every time I get in a disagreement with one of my actors, <laughs> it's like, no, this will ruin everything. <laughs> um, that actually wouldn't make any sense though. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, like no, mm-hmm. no, because when we were watching the movie, and I, th- I thought this, I thought this, um, when I watched it the first time, that that scene in the restaurant where he's meeting up with his brother, mm-hmm. and you thought it was a son. They're talking first? about his mom, and they're talking about his mom, and they're like that she passed away, and I'm like, oh, is that his son? That's what I thought because his line is something like. Uh, he says something like um, ever since mom's funeral or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when someone refers to like moms, like I'm like, oh, that mean they're like, they're probably. Cause they also have a, an age gap. Yeah. Yeah. He looks, D- Douglas looks so much older mm-hmm. than um, his brother, but you had thought that too. I remember yeah. you saying that when we watched it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I don't think it would have worked with a, with a kid. It's, it's kind of funny. Cause like, the the thing that stands up in my mind for just like personal experience of like trying to explain to actors why changing the relationship between two characters won't work was so an actor saying uh they wanted these two characters to be brothers and i literally wrote a whole new version of the script just to show them why that would not work <laughs> like, like i went back in and like adjusted everything i was like now you see it was like read this and compare it <laughs> I, was like, I would never do that. See, that's the thing. They were so adamant about it. And I was like, I was like, look, this is going to cause so much, so many issues on set unless they get it through their head that this is not going to work. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to sit down for two hours, more than two hours. It was probably a whole day. And just, so, you know, mm-hmm. I, I actually, now I'm thinking about it, the whole, just with like brother versus 
like siblings versus like uh, a parent and a kid. Mm-hmm. A parent and a kid, like even in the game, like if that were to play out, it, it Douglas would have more like power and more mm-hmm. like uh, I, the audience would be like more inclined to like bl- go with his side. Mm-hmm. But because they're brothers, mm-hmm. it's like they're both adults. They're both, you know, they both have their own opinions that we could like side with. So I feel like that wouldn't have worked just because mm-hmm. of the power dynamic. Yeah. And also, yeah, I guess that ties into the power dynamic. I was going to say just like, just like the fundamental like nature of like a, a a father son relationship versus a brother relationship, those are two very different things. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, or I guess in Jodie Foster's case, the father daughter relationship again, just another very different thing. Like, yeah, I mean, father daughter relationships can work very well. Like I, we've seen it in Interstellar, like that worked insanely well. Mm-hmm. Very emotional and very sad, but like. That's because it worked in that story. I don't, it, mm-hmm. they're definitely, I don't know. I just think it, sibling relationships mm-hmm. and parent and son or daughter are just, yeah. they have their own stories. Mm-hmm. Like you can't place them into any, any story you want. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like if you uh, painted something into a painting that doesn't match everything else. It's like, oh, this is a beautiful picture of, I don't know, let's say, I got this. I got this beautiful painting of Jesus right here, and it's like, uh, sir, this is a, a painting of downtown Manhattan. Why is Jesus in there? And they're like, and it's it's like that. It's like, okay, that might be a beautiful painting of Jesus you have in there, but why is he in downtown Manhattan? Um, exactly. So, so yeah, similar thing. It's like you got to get the right relationship for the to put in the right film and all that stuff. All right, so that was our first episode of Drink and Sink. Hope you guys enjoyed. We are on Instagram as Drink and Sink, where we we post after every every uh, episode, and just with like what drinks we made, we'll give you the recipes of how we made them, and then we'll we'll usually include a quote um, that we thought kind of summarized the whole episode all together. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs>